0: The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Luke. Once while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Genesaret, the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the Word of God. He saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked all night long but have caught nothing, yet if you say so, I will let down the nets. When they'd done this, they caught so many fish That their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I'm a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. When they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, Please be seated. So, when you get asked to do something that just feels like the last thing that you want to do, you know, you don't really do it happily, especially when you're tired, you see no point in doing what is being asked of you, you feel like you know a lot more about what is being asked of you than the person who's doing the asking, and you make excuses, you know, like, well, you know what, we tried this before, it doesn't work. Um, You don't actually realize what you're asking, everything uh, that is involved, and I, I just can't do this right now. And such must have been the case for Peter and his fishing crew in today's Gospel from Luke that I just read to you. And in this sermon, I want to focus on the two responses that Peter gives to Jesus in this episode. And I'll stick closely to the text, and I'll use the illustrations that are provided by the the experience themselves. And I believe there's a very interesting segue between the first thing that Peter says to Jesus and then the second. It might not seem obvious at first, but it's there, and I'm gonna give it to you, Uh, so aren't you lucky. Um, Peter's first response comes after he'd been fishing all night long, and he'd been skunked. No fish whatsoever. He was on the shore after this long night with no fish. He was washing his nets And Jesus was pressed by the crowd. Everybody wanted to be around Jesus. They wanted to hear what he had to say. He needed more room, so he stepped onto Peter's boat and said, go away a little ways from the shore so I can have some more room to preach. Now, um, this must have been a little irritating for Peter. Remember, he'd been up all night, fishing all night, and he was skunked. And as a fisherman myself, I have heard that when you get skunked, you're not in the greatest mood. Um, At least that's what my friend Tommy tells me. Maybe he's live streaming this right now. Um, So after a sermon, Jesus tells Peter, and mind you, he doesn't ask Peter. He tells Peter. He says, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. And to really understand what's happening here, I've got to give you a little bit of background about the kind of fishing that uh, Peter was doing and people did in Jesus' time in the Sea of Galilee there. He isn't just asking Peter to cast a, a different kind of fly or, or to switch up his rods. So much more was involved. Um, firstly, Peter would have been using trammel nets, huge nets, yards and yards and yards and yards of nets. Um, and they were large, They were super heavy. They required at least two strong men uh, to handle these nets. They were woven um, so that the fish would come through the larger uh, gaps in the weave into smaller and smaller and smaller gaps. So they were intricate nets and super heavy until they were finally caught. Now people fished at night because why? so the fish couldn't see the snare. They couldn't see the nets, that's why they fished at night. Um, And then in the morning after the haul, if there was one, the nets had to be thoroughly cleaned, like painstakingly cleaned, they had to be mended because they were always sort of messed up at the night. Um, So fishing was no just sort of picnic, It it was laborious, it was painstaking, it required long hours and maximum effort, and it happened at night. So when you came up empty, now he wasn't just fishing for fun. That meant there was a serious economic loss for him. His pockets would be empty too. So that's, that's the scene. And when Jesus, the carpenter, tells Peter, the fisherman, to put out into the deep water, What would have had to happen? Peter would have had to go back with his boat onto the shore. He would have had to get his nets back out after he'd already cleaned and mended them. He would have to get his partner, who who knows where his partner was. He'd have to load the nets. He'd he'd just finished cleaning. He was exhausted because he'd been working all night. And this is the kicker he knew there were no fish there, there weren't any fish at night. There would be no fish during the day. And so what he could have said or maybe should have said was, well, Jesus, I'm, I'm, I've worked all night, I'm tired. Or you can't use a trammel net during the day. Or you know how to build a chair, but you don't really know much about fishing. But instead he says, Master, we've worked all night long and caught nothing. Yet, if you say so, I will let down the nets." So, um, what's going on here? <clears throat> Excuse me. Peter just knew this was a hopeless venture. He knew it. Now, back to you. Can't you relate to this? Isn't there something or someone, maybe yourself, that you just know is hopeless? This, this thing that you, you've been there before, you've toiled and toiled and toiled, you've come up empty... And you know nothing is going to come out of it. You know how it's going to play out. And yet, what did Peter find out? He found out this. What he was sure he knew, he didn't know. That's takeaway one from the sermon. What you are sure you know, you don't know. Right? That's why. Because Jesus was in the boat. And... There were so many fish that the nets were about to break. So many fish that they had to call the sons of Zebedee to bring their boat over and pile the fish into. Even then, there were so many fish that the boats almost sank. Again, 25 feet long, 7 feet wide. These were big working boats. How many thousands of fish would fit into this boat? There was a kind of tilapia and a carp. And there were also sort of a a herring kind of uh, fish that they would have been catching. How many fish would be in those two boats? So much so that they would sink. So again, the first takeaway from this story and this sermon is this. In a hopeless situation, what you think you know, you don't know. You just don't know. Elsewhere, Jesus says, look... With human beings, I got you. I, I grant it, it's impossible. With God, all things are possible. Jesus is in the boat. And so therefore you have no clue what's going to happen. none whatsoever. All right, so after this absurd haul of fish, so let me go back to the business world, which by the way, dollar signs would have been ringing up in Jesus, I mean in Peter's eyes. Think about it. Um, what does he say to Jesus? Not what you would expect, I don't think. At least not what I would expect. He says what? The text says he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. And that's the second word from Peter that I want to focus on. Depart from me. I am a sinful man. Why would he say this? Well, first, as a Jew, Peter would have been taught that no one can come into the presence of God and live, that our sinfulness as human beings and God's holiness are incompatible, and we cannot face the holiness of God. We cannot survive. Some extra-biblical sources, Jewish uh, sources, not from the Bible, but Jewish sources, have reported that the high priest on the Day of Atonement once a year would go behind the curtain in the Holies of Holies to make sacrifices, atoning sacrifices for the sins of the people. You've heard this before probably, and that high priest had to have a rope tied around his ankle for if he were to come into the presence of God, were he to die, then the assistant wouldn't get zapped to <laughs> pulling him out. You'd have to pull him out with with a rope. Such was the... Um, the extraordinary juxtaposition of ourselves as human beings, as sinners, and God is holy and righteous. So Peter would have remembered that. And when he then sees Jesus' power, remember the first time he calls him Master, second time he calls him Lord. Jesus has healed his mother-in-law already, for which he might not have been thankful. Sorry. Um, <laughs> there's mine right there. Anyway, <laughs> um, that was not in the sermon. Anyway, um, but then he sees Jesus's power over a totally hopeless situation, over the creatures of the sea, and he gets worried. There's, this man is is Lord. So he says, depart from me, for I'm a sinful man. Well, there's so much to say about that, isn't there? What what could he have said? He could have said, and maybe what I would have said is like, after that haul, like, wow, Jesus, you should come fishing with us more often. (laughs) And I think, You know, he must have been thinking about, like any normal person, his financial windfall. Like so much money in those fish, thousands of fish. After one quick morning's work, 90 minutes maybe, he could probably afford a new boat, new nets, new wing on his house to house his Uh, (laughs) mother-in-law. He could maybe start a crew You know, he could be thinking like, wow, I don't have to work all night? I'll just get Jesus here in the mornings? Do a quick couple hours and boom, I'm on easy street. "I'd I'd be thinking that way. But instead, he says, go away. Don't ever come back. Leave me. I'm a sinful man. Now, it gets deeper. So... You're in this hopeless situation. You're in whatever situation. And then you're given the very thing that you think that you need. You're given that thing that you want. I'll give you everything that you want. Uh, You get it. It's right there. Relatively easy. But even after that, Peter tells Jesus to go away. Well, here is the second takeaway. Because he would have realized this that he would have known that our deepest need as human beings isn't all the things that we think we need success or a new house or money. I mean, all that's, you, you know, all that stuff. It's not that. Our deepest need is absolution. Of our sins depart from me I'm a sinful man I have a problem that cannot be fixed our deepest need is the forgiveness of our sin remember that scripture teaches that sin isn't just what we do it's not the acts that we do sin is a congenital disease it is a disease that leads 100 percent to death we read it in romans the wages of sin is death somehow peter knew that this carpenter in his boat was also the lamb of god who takes away the sin of the world And that's why he left everything, all this financial uh, windfall, left everything to follow Jesus and to spread this mission and message of absolution. Maybe they used the money from the Hall of Fish to support their mission, who knows? But what was true then is true for you right now and for me. Our deepest need is forgiveness. Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man. Jesus didn't depart from him, did he? He did the opposite, uh, which would have completely blew the minds of the religious culture of the day because uh, in that day, people shunned the sinners. He overturned those religious rules because he came to sinners, not depart from them. He ate with them. He drank with them. He was with them. He was among them. He was with them. But in the end, in a twist of irony, it was not Jesus who departed from Peter. It was Peter who departed from Jesus, right? Fast forward to the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus is arrested. Peter flees. And then later, three times, he denies the acquaintance, any acquaintance at all, with this man who gave him the biggest fish haul of his life. And Peter was nowhere near the hill of Calvary, where Jesus was crucified for his sins, your sins, my sins, the sins of the world. So I've said this. I've said that we are sure what we are sure we know about our situations in life. We do not know because Jesus is in your boat. But we can know this, that on the cross, he has addressed your deepest need as a living, breathing human being, that you are absolved and you are forgiven. Amen.